from grain to glass. This show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Pat. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. This is the best beer show on the internet. Yes. <laughs> Sorry for the for the weird interruption or the weird intro there. Uh, the dog decided to bark just as I was about ready to turn on the mics, but he's good now. He is. All right. Uh, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support uh, homebrewers uh, and home brewing, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at, the homebrew, at homebrew shops, select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link above our homepage and join today. Um, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Tyler Romanski, Hop and Barrel Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Simpson, and Phil Feldman. I think that's the fastest I've ever read that. That was fun. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to be a patron, head over to blindnewsstudios.com uh, and click on the patron link above our homepage or head over to patreon.com slash blindnewsstudios. And if you head on over to our homepage... Uh, go ahead and click that store link at blindnerstudios.com or head to teespring.com slash stores slash and buy some of our merch because it's kind of neat. You can buy sweatpants. Yeah, they're no, uh, they're, I'm definitely wearing pants pants. Are there pockets in those sweatpants? I <laughs> believe so. Gosh, you know how much stuff you could fit in those pockets? Oh, so much stuff. Yeah. So much stuff. <laughs> it's going to be your new brewing pants. And they're shiny. You fit a hydrometer. A thermometer. Uh, thermom- that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your brew spoon for some reason. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, also joining us today is Ellis. Hello. Uh, yeah. We're going to be talking about your brewery. Um, yeah. Is it The Garage or just Garage? The Garage. The Garage. Bikes and Brews. Bikes and Brews. All right. I got to say, like, right off the bat that these combination places like bikes and brews are my absolute favorite like when it's two two niche things or i don't maybe brewing and bikes aren't really niche but it's two things that are yeah you know i think that's great yeah people who bike usually like drinking beer so well i think i think you can go people who x usually like drinking beer (laughs) usually that's true (laughs) especially in river falls yes Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. No, it's it's fantastic. I I believe we've sung the praises of the garage many many times across our podcast. Yes, huge fans. Because I've we, heard my name on here once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, made me feel a little good. So that's yeah, good. Good. <laughs> You're also a listener, which blew yes. my mind. Well, yeah. I mean, I started listening about a year ago and kind of dove in when you guys were about halfway through the Janish book, and that's when I. Really started learning how to brew. That's how long ago that was. <laughs> Just a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got a lot left to learn. That uh, I mean, I think we all do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's kind that's of the, the, the idea of the podcast, right? Absolutely. All right. Um, I guess before we uh, get too deep here, is there anything beer related that anybody wants to talk about? I, I didn't really plan this, but oh man, I, I got nothing this time, man. Every everything I do practically is beer related. Uh, well, so when this comes out, it's about the same time as your other episode comes out. Did you want to talk about that whole situation or no? Oh, Spring Valley. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna open a second location uh, for Hop and Barrel, and it'll be in Spring Valley, Minnesota. Uh, not to be confused with Spring Valley, yeah. Wisconsin, because that's confused. close very by, right, because that's close by, too. And so. there's also an amazing butcher shop in Spring Valley, yeah. Wisconsin. It's a great little town. <laughs> but yeah, uh, what, more on that to, to come, but today we're talking and, you know, about the garage, so oh, I, know. We'll, I, just, yeah, I, I appreciate I'm sure that. Yeah. I'm just trying to help you out, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk <laughs> about it. All right. Well, yeah, let's just dive right in then, because that's that's awesome. Uh, first, you have a beer uh, that yes. we are drinking right now, and right now. I would love to know more about it. So, for the viewers, look at that. This is this is straight orange juice. Yeah. I like to say dishwater because it sounds gross. Well, and, <laughs> but it but tastes so, delicious. I mean, this isn't quite like so. Dishwater has that grayness to it. Yeah, I know. you know, like yeah, yeah. I've and I've had a lot of hazy dishwater. Yeah, like yeah, IPAs. Yeah. I know what you mean. So, I agree with you there. This uh, is so truly a style that nobody <laughs> knew how to do, and now they do. But yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, so this one here is actually a collaboration with a home brewer. In uh, Hudson, Wisconsin, Jim DeLoon. 
he has his own sticker and everything. Daloon Brewing Company. Oh, so wow. So he's one of those serious homebrewers. he's okay with me sharing this, which I'm sure he is. I need to have one of his stickers, too, by the way. Yeah. If you are listening, Jim yeah. DeLoon, you know where to find me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was actually at the garage. This We have a smaller system, and we were actually kind of talking about hypothetically, you know, if a homebrewer has a good recipe and he wants to prove it, we could rent out the equipment or do a collaboration. Well, it turns out that... One and a half barrel, two one and a half barrel systems do not keep beer on tap because people drink faster than that. <laughs> so I never really got around to having this actually work out um, for this home brewer support system, I guess. I don't know what we would call it. But it's a good name. It's yeah. pretty good, yeah. That's literally just came off the top of my head. Boom, so. done. So um, anyways, he approached me and kind of was bugging me while I was kegging beer or washing something, and I like hearing people give me praises and talk about beer, so it's great. And he had this recipe, that hazy IPA, that uh, fit in the schedule, and it worked for him timing-wise. It worked great for us. We were going to make a hazy IPA anyways, um, and he had some techniques, ingredients that I hadn't used yet, so I wanted to try those out. So we have here Loon, Loon Haze. Loon nice. Haze. Um, let's see here. We're at about a, start with the water profile, I guess. Mm-hmm. We're at about a two to one chloride uh, to sulfate. Um, I know that Janish kind of talks about that. Two to one uh, ratio. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, every time I type that in in this old Beersmith 3, it tells me, hey, that's way out of, out of range. <laughs> do not do this. Do not. I'm like, you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of date. <laughs> so then we're at uh, 42% Pilsen, um, 30% uh, Flaked Oats, 8% Two Row, just base. A um, little bit of Dextrin, a little bit of Vienna. and Really? And a bag of, four-pound bag of corn sugar because we were trying to bump up the ABV a little bit. I can tell uh, that there's sugar because of hey. the way the body works. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thin it out, you think? I do. Mm-hmm. That was the same story with the mullet man- mentality, double IPA. I don't necessarily think it's to a detriment, especially if that's like what you were going for. Yeah, I mean, it sure. makes it imminently drinkable. What I mean, yeah. you, let's have that the quick discussion. Like, what do people want about want out of these hazy IPAs? They right. want like a shitload of hop character, and mm-hmm. like putting that sugar in there is going to make that pop anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you know, in conjunction with the way the water works. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So I'd, I'm glad we went with that. And um, obviously we wanted something th- thicky, thick, silky mouthfeel mm-hmm. with that high amount of uh, flaked oats. So It's tough to do. Yeah. And, you know, we might have hit a couple challenges on the brew day, but we solved them. And What were they? <laughs> yeah. People love hearing about this kind oh, of yeah. stuff. Also, dude. like, is there a I brew do. day without challenges? No. <laughs> So very rarely. Since we're not to the boil yet, I won't talk about the hops. I'll talk about the mash issues. <laughs> um, so he he uses a system called a beer maker, which does one gallon of beer in like an instant pot. Basically, it's not an instant pot, but it's one system. One gallon batches. It, huh? it does everything. It's just enclosed system. Um, heats up. It actually does not hit boiling ever but it holds pasteurization temperatures for long enough to sanitize. But so but without the boiling, how are you driving off DMS precursors? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no, no, but like, I mean, now, now I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, my mind is reeling on this, on yeah, this, like, this and, and enclosed, like, yeah. ferment this is or, a, an episode in and of itself. Like, yeah, so like, there, there's, there's fermentation maker, under yeah. pressure. I've never heard of boiling under pressure because, mm-hmm. like, usually well, you want to dry. I know everything I said off. instant pot, but it's. I don't think it actually gets pressurized. Okay. Oh, okay. It's not. I just say that as it's like, and you know. One, okay, one, so is, is it kind of like like the Pico systems where it was like an all-in-one brew exactly. system? Okay. Exactly, yep. Because he had one of those as well before. Oh, That's one of the Pico systems. Like yeah. how many, what is that, a, like, like uh, uh, you, you uh, get like a six-pack? You get a six-pack for four hours of work. Well, he doesn't really have to work that hard because you put it in, push you start. You push the button, yeah. Come, oh. ba- come back and then 
like the next day, <sighs> overnight mash, basically. I, that kind of sounds like the type of brewing for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. These I, days, but I, like, want, I want more than a... Like, I get, I get, like... I mean, I'm sorry, you assholes coming down and drinking my beer. Like, I need more than six yeah, beers. that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I can't, yeah, my one and a half barrel system, systems, I should say, aren't big enough. So, <laughs> Right, yeah, he's, he's sitting there like, yeah, all these assholes coming and keep no. drinking my beer. Like, I don't even get any. Like. <laughs> I, you know, you hear the good problem to have, like, over and yeah, over. Yeah, I love but it. It's, it just keeps ringing in my ear. Well, yep. good. Sure is. <laughs> That's good. Um, so with this system, basically has a one-to-one <laughs> grain-to-water ratio, I forget, like, what the measurement is. Is it like pound a quart or? Yeah. God, where is this? <laughs> <laughs> click, click faster. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, I'm just kidding. Water to grain ratio was like one to one in this recipe that he proposed. So I was trying to get as close to that as I could. Well, we dumped the grain into the uh, mash colander and, you know, it's like there's not enough water in here. Well, yeah, because if you're if you're doing um, like a pound a quart ratio or whatever, yeah. like that's a very thick mash. Yeah, because yep. like standard is what one point two five. Right. Yep. Um, so, and usually I'm pretty light on that actually on the on the uh, Bruja system, uh, just tends to go a little smoother. Uh, uh, maybe this is a good chance before before we dive too much into this this act like kind of like sure. let's extend this throughout the episode here. Yeah. Um, let's talk about your system because yes. your system is very unique, especially mm-hmm. on the commercial scale. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Yeah. So the the system I have is called the Bruja B I A C Brew and a Conical. Um, this guy makes sizes here. Um, see from five gallons all the way up to seven barrels so there's a small medium large one and a half barrel three five and seven um so this system i don't know if if you're on your computer pull, i'm looking pull, at pull, it pull now the yeah. website and you, you can kind of get some ideas of how it looks um well i mean i've seen it but i i think the one not one time but a couple times and I'm, we've talked about this on mm-hmm. on the air off the air maybe but i just was like, oh, that's the brewer. I, I don't want to bother him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you were like, no, bother me. Yeah, definitely. Just please bother me. And and so I saw a little bit of how this works, but it looks so it's like you said, brewing a conical. So like this is a uh, uh, BIAB mm-hmm. brewing a bag, right? But you put the C and you know, it's good marketing. Yeah, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, so so it's it's it works. Yeah, just like brewing a bag. Um, there's a. Conical fermenter, so I have two one-and-a-half-barrel conical fermenters jacketed, um, and there's a mash colander that has a false bottom, just like you'd imagine a colander for cooking spaghetti. Uh, if you guys are familiar with, like, the Bruzella or the yeah. Grainfather or any of those all-in-one um, brewing a bag systems, it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, very similar. But it's a larger scale, obviously, so we have a hoist to raise the colander and drop it into the tank. Um, and then we use a grain bag, fill a grain bag with our mesh or yeah, our grain bill, hoist that up. And then as the colander is in the, uh, in the, uh, conical, we get to mash temperature, dump the grain in, it mashes right in there with the, with the, uh, mash colander, you know, the open top basically, just like you can imagine, um, and then after after mash, we slowly um, raise the colander out of the tank and sparge at the same time. Pause there yeah. and <clears throat> let me ask, like, how do you guys... Re- I've seen this, so I know, because I, I watched it happen the one time, but yeah. how do you raise it out of there? So we have a hoist that's bolted to the roof yeah. of the building. Um, it's like a two-ton hoist, but mm-hmm. I, we will never exceed that weight with well, the, yeah. uh, the smaller system we have. But, yeah, it's just slowly electric hoist. Well, initially we actually had a manual hoist. Maybe you saw that once with a a chain where... I think that's what I saw. So we had... We didn't... (laughs) uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, no. uh, (laughs) It was a a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we 
anted up and got a electric hoist, so that is way better, way go. more smooth. Wait, that. That's, I remember. T- I think I was talking with uh, your dad, Matt. Matt, right? yep. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and he was uh, he was so happy when he got the electric one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's so slow, and you just sit there. <laughs> Meanwhile, I can just push a button, walk away, come back, push it, raise it a little bit, bit by bit. Mm, um, nice. Kind of as we're sparging. Um, oh, interesting. Okay, is yeah. that a technique? On that, that you discovered, or is that that's was that like maybe with the system they were kind of like the hey, you should do blah blah blah. Yeah, with the okay. system, he has a a very good manual, um, really? kind of explaining how to use okay. it, how he does it. A few very good videos. Um, and he has a couple different videos marketing the breweries that use his equipment, um, kind of showcasing their breweries. So Nathan, maybe if you're listening to this someday. You can come showcase our brewery. Send and we it can to them, yeah. Showcase your equipment. Cool. Absolutely. Um, so those are those are cool YouTube videos if you're interested in seeing what this equipment is like. What kind of efficiency like. are you pulling out of that on the mash side? Let's see here. Well, I have a major disagreement with my tilt hydrometer and my refractometer. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I completely uh, understand that. Uh, tilts so, are great for monitoring fermentation, yeah. but I don't take them as gospel. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. that's what do we always say. There's like that healthy dose of paranoia. Yeah. Why, why is there redundant thermometers yeah. you know, on, the, mm-hmm. on the fermenting vessel? Because it, it has a gang box that goes to a controller. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Paranoia, healthy, yes. good for brewing. Yes, definitely. And that's it. Just in brewing. Yeah. <laughs> this is a brewing podcast, goddammit. You know? If you want to listen to Brian's life podcast, that's uh, listen to DOO. not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so with, with my techniques and system, I'm just looking at my old recipes here. I'm usually between 70 and 80%. Okay. Uh, mash efficiency. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, it's it's good, satisfactory, and yeah. I try I try not to be too paranoid about. Okay, well, my refractometer is giving me a post post mash of one oh five five, and then the tilt when I throw it in is post boil is telling me one oh five oh. Well, I mean, geez. have you ever talked with uh, Mike Fredrickson about hydro or uh, refractometers? No, I, he doesn't trust them. Yeah. <laughs> So he only uses hydrometers. Yeah. God, that's kind of like not believing in holograms, you know? Like, well, he's like, every time you set it down, you got to recalibrate the stupid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that is one reason why I love that man. Because I can't wait to actually have never met him in person. Oh, no, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, we can facilitate yes. that. Yeah, yes. That could be another episode too. <laughs> he, he is awesome. I love yeah, him. yeah. He's anyway. he he's been very helpful with us. Uh, um, or helping out with, uh, you know, anything a brewery needs help with. Dude, I, he and I chat a ton. Like, what are you guys doing for this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and, and him too, like, you know, and then you should feel free to do that as well. Absolutely. Everybody should really, but yeah. Know. Yeah. I, I'm still, you know, learning. So it's hard for me to have too much confidence like i'm telling what people well what i mean I'm doing. speaking Nobody, of you know. that like you uh i mean not to i guess well we'll just keep kind of going We're off rolling. topic and it'll no be worries. fine um like you started brewer brewing uh when the brewery opened that's exactly right so i mean how did that happen that's yeah, I I, I skipped over the homebrew bound step, yeah, <laughs> and then reverted right. back to the homebrew bound podcast to, to learn how to brew. That's a good advertisement, right? There. right? Um, yeah, that, I mean that's quite literally what happened. So, I uh, I went to UW Lacrosse and I uh, graduated with a chemistry degree. Was doing some refrigeration chemistry down there, um, and different position opened up in my hometown. We're doing plastics, chemistry, R&D. Um, and my parents had this this dream of, so I'll go get into what is the garage, I suppose, here. Yeah. Um, they had this dream of this kind of dream business, retirement business plan, um, lifestyle business, whatever you want to call it, um, where my mom saw this place in North Carolina called The Hub. Um, something like that. The hub. Oh, they, uh, they have a they have a spot in Portland as well. Yeah, so it's um, a bike shop that is also a, bo- a bar, not necessarily a brewery, but you can buy beer there. Um, you know, but it's more following the lines of a bike shop. So 
at this bike shop, there was bike mechanics working behind the bar, you know, fixing bikes while you're waiting on your bike. You're enjoying a beer and hanging out and getting ready for your next ride. That's my favorite thing is watching, watching somebody the wrench. guy wrench on the bike yeah. while we're drinking beers. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So they ended up finding a place that, you know, fit the fit the bill and, you know, had to pull some strings. And all of a sudden they're buying a, a very awesome building in River Falls, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. So that building was there. And yes. then those, what do you even call it? That The way that those cement things? The bunkers in the back is what yeah. we call them. Bunkers. What, uh, what was that? It's literally just a retaining wall. So that okay. building was built. I'm, I wish I knew some history on oh, the building. Right. But yeah. it, it's been around since 19, I think it was late 60s that it was built. Okay. Um, so that's just how they did a retaining wall back then. And this big old cement wall um, out the backside of our building. There's kind of, we renovated those and turned it into a seating area. Well, and that, but so then like another, there's just so many cool, like little mm-hmm. details of this place. And I think that's, that's sort of what kind of draws me to it yeah. anyway. But there's like football field turf <laughs> outside. <laughs> was, I mean, so like we did a lot of things. We're, my family, we all like to, DIY, we want to do it ourselves, my dad especially, and, you know, so, for instance, we redid the whole roof, Um, we put brand new tin on the roof, but still, the turf was harder than the roof, that's what I was thinking about (laughs) yesterday. Oh my god. So, this turf was like a Craigslist ad, Burnsville High School, first come, first serve, come and get it. Wow. Something like that, along those lines, you know, it might not have been a Craigslist ad, but, so, my dad went and picked it up, and it was in... I don't know, 2,000 pound rolls. Oh, fudge. <laughs> uh, that, that might be exaggerating. Watching him, well, like. I mean, he might as well. <laughs> I, I could, that's what I can imagine. But yeah. So he loaded up on the trailer, get it here. And then this was a two, three day project with six to nine people where you roll it out, cut it to length, roll it back up, put it on three bars. So there's three people on each side of this big roll of turf that weighs 900 pounds. <laughs> we get it back behind the building. You know, there's no way to drive it back there. It's enclosed, no. yeah. right? Bunkers. Get it back in there and roll it out. And yeah, it was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily we had, you know, volunteers helping us out. Yeah. And, and it, it looks good. super cool. Yeah. It's definitely one of the uh, better aspects of the building for sure, because it's comfortable. You're outside. It's low maintenance. Yeah. Besides for the little turf beads are everywhere, but that's, <laughs> that's right. how it goes. Mm-hmm. It's not too mm-hmm. bad. But yeah, I don't know. the the bunkers are awesome. I love hanging. I out love that part. And then mm-hmm. they're they you you've got those um like uh big spools. The spools um yeah, for, for table. There, there's one table that's just a door on some <laughs> steel drums. Yeah, I love that yeah. one. Like yeah. it's <laughs> we make it work. Like I said, it's, there's just so many little details. It's character. Exactly. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Huge and fan. the building had a lot of character to begin with. Well, to begin with, it had drop tile ceiling actually, Oof. which was disgusting. Yeah. Um, one of the funnest days renovating that building was ripping that down. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So we renovated the whole building. Um, we did a redid the roof, brand new tin on the roof, put insulation up so it could be op- opened uh, rather than the drop tile ceiling. Um, kind of exposed the red iron um, gables, trusses. I don't know what the steel. Yeah, whatever. Truss, trusses? Yeah. Uh, the roofy things. <laughs> we actually used the old roof tin to kind of line the inside of the, um, the inside of oh, where okay. the drop tile ceiling was before. So trying to reuse everything we can, um, trying to keep it simple and effective. Um, so sure. So not to get too personal about this, but like, what was the conversation with your parents that caused you to get roped into this whole thing? Yeah. So it was a while ago when my mom was still talking. So my parents own the business, um, and they run the business. Um, so I was talking to my mom a while ago and she was kind of sharing this dream she has. And at this point I had gotten into craft beer and I was really enjoying beer and, 
I had been to breweries, done brewery tours, and it's just like I always got really interested in seeing the setup, how it works, and I love drinking beer. So I already have this chemistry degree. I'm not I don't I'm not destined to be a refrigeration chemist down in the cross. Sure. So I wanted to kind of find something else to do. And I told her then, like, if that ever happens, I will brew the beer. Oh and, no. Yeah. Oh no, right. Put your money tracks. where your mouth is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and then, yeah, after they bought the buildings, it was like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Here, so, here we so go. Here this, we go. Uh, so you, you do the research, you get this new brew system, yeah. and now you have to brew. What's the first thought going through your head? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, first thoughts. <laughs> I don't know if I've stopped thinking. <laughs> I don't know if I've stopped. You, you won't. <laughs> It's good though, you know. As a slightly obsessive person, it's good to have something to obsess about that. Yeah, helps. I'm, I'm with you, and that's was, probably uh, why it, it's working out well for right, you yeah. is having that per, that personality type. It, it to, to really do this, it's right. You must be a very obsessive mm-hmm. type. Uh, what was mm-hmm. the first uh, beer you brewed? It was a Kolsch. So again, in this manual with the equipment, it's. Uh, a recipe that he designed and said, you know, this is how it works. It's literally a Beersmith excerpt or whatever, PDF. Um, so that's what I did. I just followed it to a T, and that's not the Kolsch that we have on tap now. I definitely have changed the recipe up and kind okay. of made it fit the bill that works best for logistically, you know, like using a bag and a half of pills and malt versus a bag and want 13.3333 pounds mm-hmm. so i tried to <laughs> simplify things on that end and obviously i was not using ro water um like he suggested and kind of had to get water tested and adjust from there um, uh, what kind of water filtration system are you using so it's dechlorinated um that's everything uh, in our area yeah <laughs> crazy chlorine yep yep so it, or chlorine you know yeah um yeah i end up having the water there is 44 ppm, calcium 20 ppm, magnesium 3 ppm, sodium 6 sulfate 2 chloride. He has come so prepared. Yeah, this is yeah, this is more prep more preparation than we do, I think. Yeah. Maybe I, I'm pretty sure like all I had to do was just bring my brew computer. Right. This there you is, go. Well, so thing. I mean, I don't, I don't I don't know if you've listened to DOO at all, but the first episode with Brust with with Brustin and uh <laughs> <laughs> and Giant, uh, <laughs> Justin and Brian, I got there. Anyway, uh, like I, I, we were asking like recipe information. And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> it's somewhere over there. I don't have that on me. <laughs> I think we probably pulled it up on our phone. I don't know. No, at, at that point. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is before you guys had even opened. Great. Like you had just done your soft opening that day. Oh yeah, and it, it was a great, it was a great show. But I gotta go back and listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what Three a, and a half years. What ago, episode? Four is years that? ago. Uh, <laughs> oh jeez. Come on. Yeah, Casey. Aren't you prepared? Come on, man. Aren't you prepared? No. Oh God, no. <laughs> I'm never prepared. You've listened to the show. Um. <laughs> What were we even talking about? Uh, I lost track too. I don't know. All right, where uh, all right. so we we uh, we were talking <laughs> about your mash problems um, yeah. with with this hazy beer, right? Um, uh, so past past the mash, like you hit the boil. Yeah. So hopping rate was much more hops than I've ever put into a, a beer. Um, By how much? Uh, not too much more. No, maybe fifty percent more. You know, it's just like the step above to kind of where Janice recommends the hopping rate that he recommends in his book for the higher ABV uh, hazies. So let's see where we were at. Four ounces in the boil. So I, th- I don't have the, I guess. We used ounces. four ounces. That's it. Four ounces in the boil for? 60. Four ounces at 60. For, what, but for a barrel and a half. Right. That is so little. Right. So then we did 12 ounces. uh Whirlpooling at, not technically whirlpooling, steeping at 98, 
Okay. Celsius. Okay, so like a big hop stand. Right, exactly. And then a second one, um, even bigger. Are you using imperial or metric uh, when you're... Celsius? Well, no, well, like, no just like <laughs> with, with your weight measurements and stuff. Oh, I... <laughs> or do you I bounce used, between the two? Yeah, like the worst person. <laughs> I, I, I just mix them. Yeah. I'm going to use Celsius for my temperature because that's easy, but we're going to use pounds and ounces. Exactly. And then I go back to grams for the smaller <laughs> uh, mineral additions. <laughs> so a little bit of all, like any good chemist would have. Right? Right? It's just... A measurement's units. a measurement. It's fine. Just, yeah, it's just... They're more round numbers if you use ounces for the hops and pounds for the... For the grain. grain. It's easier. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, were there any issues, like, using that amount of hops, like, no, doing it, a hop stand or anything it, like that? Not until kegging, there was much more hop trip than I ever expected. It could okay. have been a combination of the high amount of oats as well. Um, just I'm a lot not, of that protein in there. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the way the system works, um, obviously mash, pull out the mash colander, dump the grain, um, and then heat to boil. And then after the boil, it's jacketed, chill it down, and then obviously you get a bunch of protein trib at the bottom, dump some of that, and then oxygenate, oxygenate through the bottom port, kind of stirs it up, and... Um, then you keep chilling because it stirs up the heat. Keep chilling, oxygenate it a little bit more, and then chill the fermentation temp. So I, with such a big whirlpool addition, the only way to get those hops out is to dump them before fermentation, unless I wanted to leave them in the whole time, which I do not want to do that. That was a lot, that's a lot of hops. So you do like a cold crash before fermentation mm -hmm. and then pull those hops out mm -hmm. and then... Yeah. There are There is a hop spider that I have tried to use, but I've had issues with that. Uh, Just utilization or? Yeah, how to implement it with the system without it falling into the tank. Or does, are the bolts not long <laughs> enough? Like... It, yeah, so I, I had a hop spider fall into the tank. Oh, no. Um, this was with an, a batch of the amber ale. And, you did you know, just leave it? No, actually, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, uh, a family friend is a horse veterinarian, so he had exam gloves. <laughs> this is this is some Wisconsin shit right here. This is some rural Wisconsin shit. So pay attention. <laughs> so <laughs> I put on a glove or two, yep. <laughs> and got in there, held my breath, and pulled out the uh, hop spider and everything was okay the beard didn't nothing nothing bad happened really i mean wow. that was right when i was getting to the point of um kind of getting more reproducible with the amber as well right. so like no, you're happy with the stood consistency out. of yeah, it yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. nothing stood out off at all so awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i don't do, i don't use a hop spider anymore <laughs> there's probably a better way to implement it and i know there is but i just you know, if if something's working, it's hard to stray away. Yeah, right? well, like yeah, every brewer, right? Well, I mean, so, yeah, when, once you have the thing, like, why why tweak it too much? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a lot of hop trip with this beer was another another issue. I ended up producing less than intended, so that makes it actually gives it more of the hop uh, flavor and aroma. It might be a little past where I wanted it to be as a hazy IPA. It's definitely the strongest hop flavor and aroma I've ever been able it's to produce. It's very good. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's almost double IPA levels, but not in the ABV. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a happy medium. Like, for instance, the previous IPA I made uh, was single hopped with Brew One, which is a new hop from Yakima Valley. Um, supposed to give a bunch of pineapple. Maybe I didn't use quite enough, but it ended up being this really light, sessionable, hazy. Um, so... There's somewhere where there's a place for that hazy IPA and this hazy IPA, for sure, in our lineup. As once I get a bigger system. Well, <laughs> I guess that, that's the question. So right now you have you have two of these. Yeah, two of the two of these one and a half barrel, brewing a conical fermenters. So, the point in which people most brewers are like, okay, well if you're brewing in your fermenter, then what do you you gotta just wait. And that's right. I do have to wait because I can't brew again while that beer's fermenting, obviously. Right. So 
uh, we have two tanks, and right now it kind of works out that I brew every other week, and I'm able to um, keg keg ten days after brew day or, or around there. So every other week I'm brewing, um, which works well with my schedule because I'm still a full time uh, chemist. So. I don't have that much free time, so it's fine that the tank's sitting there right. unused and I'm not brewing. But that's why it's hard to keep our beers on tap. But as you guys well. are doing uh, what, like two to three taps are yes. yours, right? Yes, that's, that's another th- another thing I should describe about the garage. It's, it's more of a nano brewery and tap room than a uh, than a micro brewery. You know, we are, we're not we're not canning, um, we're not. Yeah, we're not canning. We're not even doing crawlers or anything like that. Growlers, of course, will fill you up. But, yeah, this was kind of the way we wanted to start it. This is the way we wanted to start because I didn't know for sure what I was doing yet. So it's kind of easier to start with a smaller system and learn as we go. So um, now that you have a year plus of brewing under your belt, you have this smaller system... What like what's the future like? Do you want to move to a brew, uh, bigger system? Have you decided that you hate brewing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't hate brewing. I really don't. It's a lot of work on top of a full time job, but at the end of the day, I enjoy it and I love making good beer and I love sharing it with people. So um, I think br- the brewing will continue. Um, I'm definitely always thinking about in what ways would it make the most sense for me to grow how big is big you know how what's still manageable right but for me i i don't for now i don't want a brewing assistant that does all the brewing for me i still am enjoying that i'm still you know learning that i don't have it nailed down yet or anything you you don't want to be like brian who hasn't stepped foot in a brewery and (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 really (laughs) and I go to a, a brewery every day. Yeah. yeah, but when was the time you were brewing? <laughs> the last time I oh, was uh, years and years. Uh, though I I was there that one time you did the hop edition. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm like, oh, they they trust me enough. To- <laughs> Let me do this. Uh, no, but do you do you want to keep going with uh, the kind of uh, single vessel systems? Do you do you foresee like in the next I like three to five years moving to more of a traditional brew house? That's definitely something I'm deciding as we go. I'm I'm more partial to the single vessel system, kind of because of its uniqueness, right? Um, usually, people that like going to breweries, like seeing the brewery and getting tours and whatnot. Well, to have something a little bit different that might be a little bit more easy to manage as far as uh, engineering. You know, we don't have to engineer piping and all of this. It kind of takes up a smaller footprint. And that's the main reason why we went with this system because if you've ever been at the garage, the, the brewery is very small and it's literally right in there with you. And I enjoy that part of it. So... To maintain that with a 15-barrel system in the traditional sense, I don't think you can capture that. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty great. You can heckle Ellis while he's working. It's the best. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't mind the hecklers, actually. It makes me feel like I'm just hanging out in a brewery. Right. But I'm (laughs) brewing. (laughs) I had a boil over one time, and this really drunk guy started, like, yelling at me. (laughs) At at American Sky, you remember that all the equipment was Oh, yeah, it was right there, yeah. And I had this boil over, and the guy just lost his mind and was like, you suck, like, you're a beginner, and blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I I, am. I'm I'm (laughs) sorry. I'm sorry I yelled that at me, Brian. I don't. It was definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) That was Casey all those years ago. So I was just like, dude, like. Yeah, I didn't try to boil over the beer, man. Why are you yelling well, at me? Well, dude, when they used to give me six <laughs> smack packs to, to prop 15 barrels of beer, you know. Well, I, I guess that, that brings up uh, kind of an intro or a good question. Um, are you reusing yeast batch to batch or no. are you propping up each time? Um, sticking to dry. And oh, sticking to dry. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. It works. And it's it's definitely, that's a simplified that side of it for me a lot. Um, being that I can't be there every day to kind of maintain right. and manage. You just shovel it in and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't use a shovel yet. 
<laughs> Someday. <laughs> Someday I could have a shovel. It'll yeah. be a very tiny shovel. Very right now, <laughs> which is actually just a spoon. I, just a garden I think spade. That's what they call it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right. Um, well, I guess before we kind of wrap up here, is there anything you <laughs> that, that that we haven't touched on that you really want to talk about? I think um, we've kind of gone through the whole thing, right? Am I, I missing I think that's anything? about it for sure. Um, yeah. Um, as far as the brewing, the brewery, and the system, kind of my experience so far, I think that covers most of it, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we got some listener mail. Awesome. You guys want to talk about that? Yes. yes. Are right. you, re- you ready for this, Ellis? I'm ready. All right, all right. I am yeah. now officially an expert, right? I just yep. that's that's it. That's <laughs> laid it. it all out there. <laughs> how knowledgeable I am. All right. Uh, so we have we have an email from Phil. Uh, hey, so I had a quick question. I I've seen uh, Anvil makes a carboy cooling system. I was wondering if you had any experience with it. I, also, I have an extra fridge freezer combo. I was thinking I could put five gallon buckets on glycol in the freezer side to use it. Would that work? I uh, don't want to start drilling holes in the freezer side if it won't work. Um, so I've, uh, I haven't uh, used the Anvil uh, cooling system, but I looked it up and it works a lot like my SS Brew uh, Brewtech uh, right. buckets do, where it's a coil that go that drops down inside of the fermenter that you run uh, cold water or glycol through to chill the core of the beer to try to bring the temp down. Yeah, I mean, that... This system looks great, and I wish that they had this when I was brewing beer in 2000. Right. Uh, Yeah, no, it it looks like a very simple system. Um, But as for the cooling liquid... Here's my thing with the fridge-freezer combos. Uh, as longtime listeners will know, my first cooling system was I had a bucket of water in my uh, in a chest freezer. Yeah, which I think also worked pretty well. It too. worked okay for ale temperatures. As All soon right. as you wanted to get anything lower than that, or if you were using that to bring, um, like, so say, like an 80-degree down or 80-degree beer down to ale temperatures... Um, like the thermal mass of that bucket wasn't quite enough and it would like, it would raise up and it would bring up the entire temperature of the freezer and then that would have to kick on and it was just constant battle and it was very inefficient. It will work. It will just be slow. You know, the, the only thing I can see here that might be an issue on this anvil system is the surface area. Mm. Yes. Surface area is one and then two. <clears throat> I was thinking from a uh, sanitary standpoint, you've got a, a number seven stopper in there, but like, where are you going to get a four hole number? You know, I mean, do they do they sell they sell the four hole spare parts and stuff so. like that? I'm assuming they would. I hope they would. Um, but I mean, in a pinch, where are you going to get one? You know, you can't just drive to the home brew store. You got to I mean, order but it. To be fair, you could just cover it with tin foil. True, you could. Like that's just open I mean, fermentation right then. To then hold you should it in have place somehow. Well, yeah, and like you should have enough, um, like carbon, uh, car or CO two buildup, mm-hmm. where it's gonna like create a positive pressure and push the air out, right? Right. I don't know. I I think this looks pretty cool. It's a there's submersible pump and you know the cooling hose. It's all stainless, you know, and it's the the price is not terrible. I mean, yeah, I I think I think it's a really cool system. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if you're if you're still fermenting in carboys, you should definitely take a look at it. Um, I personally, carboys terrify me. If anybody actually wants yeah. some carboys, I have a bunch you can have for free. Jesus Christ! I, I saw a demijohn break one time. That sounds terrifying. It was terrifying. Yes, and shards of glass everywhere. He was on top of a ladder pouring yeast from the demijohn into the. In the oh yeah, no! It gnarly. Oof. It was a long time ago. Um, yeah, so uh, instead of a freezer, I would recommend building something like what I have or buying just a glyc- like a small glycol chiller if mm-hmm. you have the funds to do that. Yeah. Um, so like listen to our cooling episode where I took an air conditioner and turned it into a glycol mm-hmm. chiller. You almost made a, a very bad mistake with it. Which one? The copper bending. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Almost. That's, that's a whole torch. thing. Don't use a torch. It, you will die. Oh, yeah, that's what I was, torch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I Actually, I never even thought about that until the guy mentioned it. And I was like, oh, yeah, don't do that. Yep. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> All right. Um, and then we have one from Nate. 
Uh, what's up, guys? I'm a new listener of the show and absolutely love it. Uh, I am still in the fermentation process of my first brew. I did a honeysuckle Kolsch clone for my upcoming wedding dedicated to my future father-in-law. As you could imagine, I'm stressing out about it. Uh, on your style challenge, I didn't see anything on Kolsch. Uh, that's because we didn't do any lagers. We only did ales. Um, but upon uh, other research, I realized I chose a more challenging style for my first time. I was wondering if y'all could address my fermentation schedule on a show or just on here. I did a week of primary fermentation around 60 to 65 Fahrenheit. Uh, I reached my final gravity but needed to add honey for the secondary. It is still bubbling slowly. My main question is, everyone online says I should lager my coals for around three weeks. My homebrew store, where I got the recipe, said not to worry about that. I'm wondering what you guys would do from here. I'm two weeks into fermentation, and I have five weeks until the wedding. Do I cold condition in the fermenters, then bottle for carving, or should I just ride out the secondary at this temp, uh, and then bottle as I would a normal ale? I appreciate you guys. There's there's a lot of things here, and I kind of want to know what each of you would do. Can can I ask first to why he added the honey to the secondary? It's probably it, it, that's obvious to me that it was it, it was uh, to put a little more sugar in there, or, or was I think it flavor? He was, or it's, I'm sorry, it's not obvious to me. Like yeah, uh, so because he said a honeysuckle kosh, I think he wants the oh, more shit. honey flavor. Okay, I was reading ahead when you said that. Yeah, or I was yeah, reading yeah, something yeah. else when you said I that. I think I anyway. think he wants the the flavor yes. of the honey. Got it. Okay. And and so then that's probably why there was a secondary to get it off yeast. So it yeah. you know, it's, it's bubbling slowly, that's fine. But Okay, so let's let's break this down. Kolsch, should it be lagered for three three to four weeks? For sure, yes. But he doesn't have that time. Do you need to? Absolutely. No. Does the beer taste fine? Now, because he's, in, I hope, tasting it in the secondary. <clears throat> um, I would say, for, first and foremost, relax and have a homebrew, dude. Like, first of all, like, just, just relax. As, as long as the beer tastes good in the secondary, you're going to put it into bottles and you're going to, you're going to, you know, uh, you're going to get that carbonation. People are going to crack it open. They're going to love it. They're not going to care that you, you lagered it for three weeks. Okay, most of the people that are drinking this beer aren't going to to understand how the the varying smoothness works with, you know, three weeks or four weeks. You know, there are very few people that will be like, oh, you know, and, you know, and plus, dude, everyone's going to drink it and enjoy it and everyone's going to have a great time. So just don't worry about that. I mean, if you're doing this for a competition or something like that, yes, absolutely. Get get that thing down for as long as possible. Get it nice and smooth. Taste it along the way and, and let her buck, you know? But, yeah, just relax. Have a homebrew. Make it for your wedding. Have a good time. That's that's my piece. Ellis, what would you do in this situation? Well, I, I'd say, I mean, with, with my Kolsch that I brew, um, we I, I, I like to let it sit as long as I can. It clears up and it... People seem to have it's more it's lighter it's closer to a a lager that people that uh, your general beer drinker will drink. So if you're trying to please a crowd here, and from what what I'm reading in your um, listener mail here, if you have if you have five weeks until the wedding, um, I would say why not cold condition in the fermenters if you have the time, um, bottle it when it's convenient for you. But I'd say, yeah, I mean, as Brian said, don't worry about it. It's going to be good either way, you know, as long as it's tasting good now. Um, but I don't see a reason why, if you do have the time, why you, why you wouldn't let it condition longer. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I responded to him directly because it seemed like it was kind of under a time crunch. Um, yeah, almost definitely. Right. Uh, and <laughs> so uh, let me know if you guys disagree with anything that I told him. Uh, but it might be too late now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I know. Uh, so I said the beer will definitely benefit from some time lagering. However, because you're under such a time crunch, I would write out the secondary, um, have that hit terminal gravity, and then bottle in carb. Having the beer carved and ready to go for the wedding definitely outweighs any minor, minor flavor benefit you'd see from a short lager. Mm-hmm. And you can always taste the final beer and call it a steam beer if it doesn't quite fit Kolsch. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, a little bit of old-fashioned, uh, you know, bullshittery. <laughs> yep. I mean, and, that, and that's what it is, man. Like, because that's all a steam beer is—is is a lager at that's ale true. temps. Like, mm-hmm. 
um, but yeah, no. So my my biggest thing is like in my experience, your your bottle conditioning is not always going to follow the two week schedule that you want it to. That too, and, and especially yeah. for a wedding, I'd rather err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. And plus, if you uh, bottle it and then just cold condition in the bottles, that's not going to hurt. Well, after it's carbed, right? No longer lagering. No right. longer lagering. When it's, when it's, when it, as it's, it's just getting old. It's just oh, getting that's old. Right. You uh, have said that before. He has said that, but then we couldn't verify that with science. So, mm. Personal opinion. Mm. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. <laughs> we, dude, we did an entire episode based off of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. My, my favorite brewery and my favorite brewer and the one that I think is one of the best that I've ever talked to is uh, Andy Ruland from Bad Weather. Mm-hmm. And that's that's his byline i've made it my byline yeah. too so you know again we couldn't prove it with science but <laughs> <laughs> i don't know there's lots um, of a good rule also uh, science, i right? would i would love to uh, applaud nate for having the cojones to brew yep. his first beer for a wedding yep dude yeah for real that too and then you know i mean to put that set of worry on onto this planning and scheduling this 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 wedding too so um you know good for you nate and congratulations and hope everything goes smoothly for you man hell yeah all right should we get out of here thanks for bringing me on guys thanks for being here you are welcome back anytime (laughs) now that you know where it is and it's not that scary right no No. we are in a basement but there are windows there's windows (laughs) you should have seen the last last studio (laughs) 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 all right guys if you have any questions comments show ideas or what have you go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnessstudios.com you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash blindnessstudios or follow us on twitter at blindnessstudios you can also find us on instagram at blindnessstudios and i'll see you guys next week peace later